Prepare yourself for more face-melting, metal-stomping music. Armor will be pierced. Fluid will be spilled. Machines will fall. Warriors will rise. Animatronic brings you a soundtrack for armored combat. Available now from NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Join the invasion. Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here. Welcome to part one of three of the Mech Warrior Online Town Hall meeting with Russ Bullock that was recorded earlier tonight. Russ spent over three and a half hours answering your questions directly from chat. So thank you all for your questions and participation. Let's get started. Host of the No Guts No Galaxy podcast bringing you, well, an AMA of sorts, a town hall meeting with Russ Bullock, the president of Piranha Games. Uh, I've also got Darren here. Now, to preface this, before we go any further, I just want to say, of course, that uh, this highlight is going to be saved on Twitch. It's also going to be uploaded to YouTube. So if you don't miss or if you don't catch it right now, don't worry. You better watch it later as well as a podcast. And of course, I just want to preface this with saying we don't put up with racism or bigotry or personal attacks against NGNG and or PGI staff. So, again, keep it civil. If you have a question, please ask it. And uh, if you're not an ass, we'll answer it. I think that's a pretty legitimate, uh, you know, uh, thing here. So anyways, some introductions uh, really quickly. Uh, Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Excited. Been wanting to do something like this for a long time. All right. So we're going to be going for like uh, at least an hour and a half, two hours, guys. So you got plenty of questions. And we've already got the list filling up here. And of course, also joining me is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. What's going on, man? Hello and good evening, everyone. All right, uh, Russ, lots of things to uh, discuss here and talk about. Obviously, we got a, a whole slew of stuff, stuff like, uh, you know, impact of the new project on MWO, Lifespan, you know, production of MWO, stuff like that. And we're literally going to be taking questions from the audience right now and tossing them your way. So are you, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Let's get this party right, started. So, so for the first one, we have uh, ZoFS. Russ, I wasn't here from the beginning. Uh, am I correct in assuming that IGP and PGI were separate companies only to prevent one office dragging down other stuff uh, with it if it goes down? All right. Thank you for your question. Um, very simply put, no, you're not correct. Um, you know, that's not a it's not a terrible tactic for businesses to use, I suppose. And, uh, you know, even at Piranha Games, you know, way back in the history, we did some stuff like that when we did a... Let's say we had a different initiative to make some, you know, more casual Nintendo Wii games or something like that. But that was quite a few years ago, and um, certainly over the last um, three years, um, when we've been working on Mech Warrior Online, it's been just about just about Mech Warrior and just about Piranha Games only. Um, Piranha Games has been focused on this product entirely, and we have no relationship with IGP. Um, other than, you know, the relationship that they were publishing MechWare Online. So I'll tell you a little bit about that, because I know this question is going to come up in a few different forms, but if we, you know, if we cover it off now, then maybe that'll, you know, take care of it. Um, the story goes something like this. So we are, at that point, about a 12-year company in town here. Did a lot of work for hire and all those other projects in the past. Um, we've been trying to get something going with MechWarrior for a while. And uh, then when this, you know, free-to-play game opportunity um, turned up, there was someone we knew in town. Um, his name was Anthony. Um, he had a company called Seven Group Entertainment locally in Vancouver for quite a while as well. They were like a 10-plus-year company that um, 
you know, they did, uh, they did set up infrastructure. So, you know, data center type stuff and lots of um, PCs. And he always had a big interest in kind of getting more into games. And he was able to secure the funding from the Quebec group um, in the fall of 2011. So he's doing this all on his own. And we're sitting at Piranha just, you know, supplying some information to him and kind of negotiating you know what this deal would look like if they were to get the funding together so they got their funding together we were able to put a contract together that said okay prana games is the license holder uh, they have creative control over the product and we're the developer and they in turn would be the publisher and they would be um, in charge of marketing and customer support uh, qa and also the hosting of the product so we established that um, that relationship. Then uh, we had no ownership stake in IGP, and they had none in Piranha. There was no exchange of shares. We didn't sit on the board of directors. They didn't sit on ours. It really was a purely developer-publisher relationship, and um, that was the start of it. So uh, we took on uh, those separate responsibilities and began development of MechWare Online really in fall of 2011. So. There really is no other catches. Uh, we had no ties to each other other than the contract, contractual responsibilities we put between ourselves for how we divided up um, Macro Online responsibilities, Macro Online revenues, um, etc. Um, does that fulfill the question, or was there a second part to it? I mean, obviously, this is all sort of ties into the same category, which is, uh, you know, is IGP and PGI the same company? That was actually another question by uh, Jojo. Um, and this is all sort of one big uh, discussion topic is obviously PGI and IGP's relationship. A lot of people have said, oh, well, you guys are the same company. And, you know, is that the case? Yeah, well, I think I answered that. Certainly not the same company. I know that people have put together the whole, hey, IGP is PGI backwards. And that was funny because... I think the whole time we're putting the deal together, we had no idea that that was the case, that that was turning out to be that way. It wasn't until someone else in the community said, hey, did you know this? They must be the same people. And we thought, oh, geez, isn't that interesting? The, you know, IGP is uh, PGI backwards. Um, certainly wasn't planned. Uh, Anthony decided to call his company Infinite Game Publishing, and he just told us about that. We didn't have any say in what he named his company. Um, so, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have been kind of asking about MechWarrior tactics. So I'll tell you exactly what our involvement in MechWarrior tactics is from the get go as the license holder to MechWarrior, the deal that Anthony wanted and, and seven group and which became infinite game publishing, what they wanted from us was to be able to publish MechWarrior online, but they also wanted to license the rights from us to be able to develop and publish a turn-based game called MechWarrior Tactics. So our involvement in MechWarrior Tactics was always extremely hands-off. We were basically in line for a royalty rate if you know the game made money, and which in turn, of course, the royalties flow back to Microsoft, um, most of them. And then um, we also had some, some approval rights. Um, but those approval rights around, you know, uh, open betas and launches and various things essentially never never we never got to that point so uh, brian and i and prana games really never got to a point where we sort of you know judged it or applied some type of approval on the product 
we were just kind of waiting for them to get to that point and we would so ultimately uh we've had we've had no um nothing to do with Macquarie tactics since the beginning and um, right now we continue to have nothing to do with it. Our deal in getting the publishing rights returned to us was specifically for Macquarie Online. So they still retained um, their existing um, rights that they've always had with Macquarie Tactics. And right now I, I really can't comment on what their plans are for the product. Um, and that's just all I have. I don't have any more information than that. But um, no, Prana is not, um, not in charge or doesn't have anything to do with Macquarie Tactics. Okay, that answers that. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question. This is by Blazon420. What a name. Uh, why would I want to crowdfund the new game? Well, I mean, I think that question is um, <clears throat> maybe a little premature at this point. It's, uh, at this, when we're talking here about particularly more about how the new project, and we're going to you know, get into this here, how it how it might impact Mecha Online development. Um, I think we can talk about that for a while first. You know, why, um, how does the new project affect Mecha Online if it does? Um, your desire to actually get involved in the new game and crowdfund it or spend any money on it, of course, is going to be completely up to you. And whether or not you like what you hear about the new game, if you think it sounds interesting and exciting, and if you feel like, um, you know, Piranha Games can deliver that experience to you. Everyone can have their own opinion there. You're your own customers. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little premature. I think you're going to want to, you're obviously going to want to hear what exactly Project 2 is. I mean, I'll just say that I think it's really cool. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, we've been passionate about for a really long time. Um, I'm going to stay focused on Mech Warrior. Brian's going to be focused on the second project. And uh, yeah, I just encourage everyone to, you know, stay tuned, um, listen, learn, you know, read up about the new project, and uh, you know, you'll decide if the, if that project is something that you want to participate in or not. All right, excellent. Um, I think continuing on the topic of the new project, Werewolf four eighty six asks, how much MWO money went towards development of the new project, and when did you start development? Well, um, there, there's been no MechWarrior Online money that went towards um, the new game's development. Uh, the new game's development started <clears throat> just at the very first of the new year. So it has been, I guess, officially in development for about nine months. However, that's been a fairly, a fairly light nine months because that basically starts in January with really no staff at that point. You know, the staffing starts at that point and starts to grow and takes, you know, a couple months to get up to a dozen or so people. And even to date, isn't a lot bigger than that. It's, you know, it's, um, I don't know the exact size. I think um, it's in the, you know, 12 to 15 range. It's a small team um, that basically is full more of, of artists and designers, you know, creative people. You know, there's not a lot of engineering yet. There's been a little bit, of course, a little bit of setup, enough for, account creation and registration and a lot of you know research and development when it comes to the technology in the game and figuring that out but primarily it's been creative people um, there's an entirely new design team 
um, that works with Brian and the artists that work with the new art director. And so, you know, they have their, I guess the point that is important for this conversation is they have their own new art director and their own new lead designer and, you know, their own lead artist and all those key aspects were hired and brought on. But the team still remains small. It's been growing for about that long. So up for about nine months since, it, you know, the first employee was brought on. Um, it's been cooking slowly, but very efficiently and very um, just trying to learn from every you know lesson and everything that we've learned in the past few years and creating an on, online game and making sure that we apply those to that project this time. So it's been a very organic growth over the last nine months. And again, they exist on their own their own revenue. We've had enough money to get to that point through, you know, funds that were unrelated to Mech Warrior. Um, we're going to probably talk about this a lot throughout the town hall, but I think kind of setting the stage, the way I can summarize that is to say, MechWarrior Online and the second project, they basically, they're only beholden to themselves. You know, how long we develop MechWarrior Online and how much money and how much time and effort and energy and how much we put into it is exactly related to how much customers are willing to spend on the game it's just it's that simple it's like if the customers are um wanting more content and are supporting the game for more content um we'll exactly put that much development into mecha online you know it's always been that way for us um we've always spent all the money that we've got on mechware into mechwire and we're always been guilty as a developer to at many times um overspend on our development um and put you know everything we have because we're always chasing a feature um so it's a long answer for the question but um i guess you can uh you know take that for what it is it's it's a very simple answer in the in the end it's mech warrior money goes towards mech warrior and project two they start to bring in money uh their money will go towards their project and they'll be able to staff their project and run their project to whatever degree um of support they can they can achieve all right let's go and move on to the next question you actually answered a few in there from a few people such as mm coin and uh, ninja thor let's go ahead and move on to the next one we have a uh, yurik mazino hopefully i got that right probably not uh he says uh, if you're self-publishing do you have any plans to actually advertise your game like say taking a very good trailer for community warfare and taking uh, it does some conventions like E3 or PAX and so forth. Um, GGG and Path of Exile did the same thing um, with quite, you know, quite a bit of success. Uh, their game is easy to find with articles. MW, on the other hand, is very tough to find uh, for people that aren't already MechWarrior fans. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is very pertinent and something that we're thinking a lot about. And I guess the way I would answer that is there was a time um, when MechWarrior was definitely in the news a lot more, um, we did a lot more in the form of PR and we did a lot more in the form of advertising and marketing. Uh, the quicker answer to this question though, is simply that we've put that on hold. You haven't seen very much of that over the course of the last four to six months. That was really by design because we wanted to make sure that we completed, we really felt like completing you know, our path of the, the original vision and the four pillars, including planetary combat of community warfare, 
was critical for us to achieve. And once we achieved that aspect, then we were going to go out there and, you know, advertise and go after new players again. Because it won't really surprise anybody to hear that Mechro Online is a very core game. And there's certainly lots of things that we could still do to improve the onboarding process so that new players can um, have an easier time adapting. Um, but over the course of the project's lifespan, we have done quite a few of those things. And, you know, Mecro, in, the, in the end, Mecro 9 is still just a very core product that is, is hard for new players to, to learn how to play. So we really felt like, and this is going to be backtracking a little bit, um, we're going to cover this off a few times tonight, I'm sure. But I think that's why players, if they want to, I guess if, if we're here and we're admitting, you know, any mistakes we've made in the past, things that didn't go perfectly, um, I think we also need to maybe give credit where credit's due and take a look back at the year 2014. I think players, most players would agree that 2014 has looked significantly different than 2013. And what I mean by that is, in 2013, I, you know, as frustrating as it is here, I can't really argue with our players when they say, hey, development's really slow, you know, and not a lot's getting done. And that was really a representation in 2013 of a couple things. And we've talked a bit about this in the past, but we maybe really haven't talked about kind of our relationship with IGP and how that played in. And don't take this as um, throwing blame completely in one direction because that's not the way it is. You know, and oftentimes you do need to make compromises when you have a partner. And over the course of the project, sure, if we were running things ourselves in the very start, I'm sure we would have done a lot of things a little differently, maybe even drastically differently in some cases. But you, you know, sometimes you have to compromise. And 2013, I think, was a lot of time was spent on one catching up on some of the backlog of pushing to get the initial open beta out when we did. Ideally, of course, even the original open beta, we're talking fall of 2012, should have been six months later. But there was some pressure there and a compromise with a partner to get it out sooner. So what happens then is we start to recover and try to catch up on a lot of debt that's incurred in the development cycle in 2013. Plus, there is a kind of a big drive from not only IGP, but you know, we had desires in this way too, but there was certainly some pressure from them to, you know, work on the new player onboarding experience and some things that we saw get put in the game in 2013. Not all those things are bad ideas necessarily, you know, we could argue about that, but that's not really the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is 2013 saw not near as much forward progress as we would like to see. And we saw some, some good things like 12v12 um, that's you know, I still believe in greatly make it out, but there wasn't a lot else. Um, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of little things, a lot of things that don't really get seen or that matter. You know, all that cleanup in the background that makes it so the game can support the players it does today and the tools and technology in the background that makes the game makes it possible to run a game like Mechro Online. But from the visual outward looking features, there wasn't a lot. And so when 2014 came, you saw a big shift in mentality. I think that was, it'd be fair to say, that was kind of um, a bit of a break from IGP at that point. It was kind of the beginning of our negotiation. It almost in a way took about that long. And we said to ourselves, 
in 2014, we're going to really focus on our players now, player on our core players. So that means that we're not really going to be focusing on things that help new players. It means that we're probably not going to be advertising for, you know, brand new players to Mech Warrior. It means we're really going to be focusing on our core players. So I think if we're, I guess, calling out, you know, uh, blame where there is some, but also giving some credit where it was, I think 2014 set a brand new standard for the pacing of development MechWare Online. And I just appeal to our players to reassess that and think about that for a second and say, you know what, I shouldn't be judging the entire time frame. I should be really looking at 2014 and see that um, we started out with UI 2.0. And there's a lot of work left to do in UI 2.0, but there's some significant aspects there. And then beyond that, we have launch module with full private matches. Beyond that, we have an entire clan invasion. And now we have unit creation. And now we're just a few short months from delivering planetary combat and community warfare. So 2014 pacing, I think we need to, you know, we need to call that out and say, that's really good. That's a significant increase in pacing, and I think it's it's a good pace. It's an accepting, acceptable pace. So if we look at 2014 alone, we see that it's a much better pace. And then coming back to the question on marketing and advertising, we need to finish this loop, stay focused, finish off the community warfare aspect, and then we're not done at that point. But I think at that point, we can say to ourselves, all right, let's Let's advertise again. Let's market again. Let's. There's a lot more here. There's players can come now. They only they have, you know, private matches and clans and everything. But there's people can invite them into a unit. You know, they can get involved in the you know community warfare and role playing. And you know, a lot of players that said, hey, you know, I'll see you when community warfare comes out. Well, we'll be sure to uh, let them all know as soon as it comes out. They should come back. And then, uh, and then we can market to those new players and, and focus on what's next for MechWarrior Online. So um, it's a long answer for why haven't we marketed much recently. I think it gives you some context as, as to maybe why we haven't been, but when we kind of expect that we will again. All right, we're going to move into uh, some questions about the lifespan. Uh, actually, nope, we have one more question um, this one is from Sandpit77. He says, why wouldn't you uh, have explained all this months ago? Do you realize how this kind of open communication would have prevented most of the animosity in the community? Okay. Can you guys help me with um, um, exactly uh, what is referring to and explaining what months ago? Uh, basically, probably having an AMA. And just maybe, I don't know, if he's referring directly to the IGP stuff, the new project. I mean, obviously, you're not going to announce a new project before you announce a new project. So, I think what he's referring to is obviously being open and transparent about things that are going on. And that uh, some of the stuff, the animosity and sort of angst in the community going on would have been absolved if you'd have just been said you know, from a few months ago, hey, this is what's going on behind the scenes, guys. Please give us a little bit of time. Obviously, there's a lot of shuffling. I think that's basically the, the question. He answered in chat basically everything you just said. Okay. Um, well, there are some restrictions, as you might imagine, first off. Um, I have been wanting to do a town hall type of thing for quite a while. And 
I don't want to come across like I'm throwing, you know, our past relationship with IGP and everything like that as to blame for everything. It's not. A lot of times there were compromises and whatnot. But marketing was handled at IGP. And you look at everything prior to August, and that was with their marketing department in, in place. And things did move along a lot slower. And I don't think it's because, you know, our marketing team's so much better, anything like that. It's, I'm going to be definitely, I think it's better just be kind in that regard and pretty much just look towards how much more efficient we can be with everything in the same office. So, for instance, I wanted to do a town hall type event before. And maybe ultimately, officially, if I just said, I'm having it, we're having it, let's go. I'm not sure that I could have necessarily been prevented, but it did fly in the face of the agreement and kind of a relationship we had. It really should have went through the marketing department and they wanted to, there was a constant sort of debate of like, well, that's not really marketing, right? That's community management. And of course, for a while, their community management was more handled at IGP and they kind of shifted more back to Piranha. So these are unfortunate inefficiencies, right? They're they're bad, you know, they're, they're not things that, um, you know, uh, allow for the greatest efficiency with our community. And so you guys have seen some of those things change over the years. Um, and I think, you know, IGP was very process oriented. And I think that you have to be that way in some regards when you've got two different partners and you try to work with each other. But often process can become such a hindrance too, right? If I say, look, I want to have a town hall and then six people weigh in and say, well, geez, what about this, that, or the other? That could be, what if someone asked this tough question? You know, it's like, guys, I don't care. I can handle that. Let's talk about it. Um, and that's just a one way of answering your question. It didn't have as much freedom as we have now. <clears throat> and the second way I think of answering that would be uh, that, of course, there are some restrictions on uh, the negotiation process. In fact, I just got clearance today at about well, within an hour of the post going up about um, Piranha and IGP coming to an agreement. Um, our contract, which we signed at the very end of August, August 30th, I think, um, states that, you know, we couldn't announce it, uh, the deal, except through, you know, a mutual signing off on, you know, an announcement in language. So uh, as soon as that was done, I worked on that and I managed to get some approval today um, to put that up. So. It really wasn't until today I could announce that, that was happening either. So there were some restrictions in the past. August, we got to work under our own marketing team, but still was kind of caught halfway transitioned. And I was kind of hobbled as to when I could announce anything until like legally until just this afternoon. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that answers the question. That was um, the two main aspects of, really explaining all all of this stuff is uh, i think that covers it but it, yep. if you guys yeah let me know if you, there's another aspect if we miss anything is. we'll come back to it phil's got the next one all right so moving on to the next sort of section is sort of the lifespan production of mwo and the first question we have and by the way for everyone just tuning in again if you have a question ask it um we are literally dropping down if it's already been asked then there's no point in putting it down but uh, we have uh two guys that are grabbing the questions and putting them on our doc and we're literally uh gonna be going through answering all of these on uh, you know as long as they're civil so don't be an ass and you'll get your question answered it's just they're in the 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 order that they come in so just keep that in mind 
Yeah, and additionally, for anybody that uh, wants to know, it's been asked a few times, this will be recorded. It's going to be highlighted on Twitch. It'll be posted on the YouTube page, and it will be uh, posted as a podcast as well. So it'll be out there. All right, so Russ, uh, moving on to sort of the production lifespan of MWO, and this is a, a big topic, and I think a lot of people are, um, this is where their angst is, is uh, Ski 2060S, uh, it's Project 2, has its own dev team for the most part. Um, how does how do you uh, see MWO going out from here on out? Faster cycles, more discretion and patching, and discretion. concept integration? Discretion. Like, basically, are we going to see... Um, more content and a faster pace cycle. I, I think that's basically what he's he's asking. Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, I, I, I want to say yes, but I want to be I want to be a, to be a cautious yes because I think you have to accept uh, the notion that I that I just presented that 2014 was a very different animal than 2013. If you don't, if you reject that notion entirely. I'm not sure I can please you moving forward. Um, the team size is what it is. It's a decent team. It's a moderate-sized team. It's small compared to giant games of today's standard, of course, but not bad also for an ongoing online free-to-play game that is entering two years from open beta to still have, um, you know, it's, well, if you count QA, now, now you have to count kind of QA and customer support, which maybe I won't, but just more about developers that you know make an impact on features or content you're still in the you know mid 30 range which is a pretty you know decent sized team for a game that's this mature but again i think that you know 2014 is a pretty good example of the productivity level that we can achieve i think we can do a little better i do um basically here's one example of it and they're small things, but they really add up. Our ability to react to just making sure the patches are a little better, just get those last one or two things in and get approved in time for patching is just a little bit better for us now. And that's because, well, let's just look at the notion that again, everything is in house here. So um, just today, um, we're approving our patch for tomorrow. The normal process before would be, of course, we have a, a stable stage live process. So everything that's going to go on the patch, I know a lot of times people get out there, maybe aren't as familiar with game development processes and say, if I say, yeah, that's a good, you, you find a bug, we're going to fix that. that. A lot of people might say, great, so you're going to fix tomorrow, right? Well, we can't really do that. You know, that's that breaks the process and is too risky for an online game development, especially when in an online game that you know the entire company and certainly the entire product team is depending on this game being up and running and not broken. So everything has to go in a in a stable stage live process. So everything hits stable, and and the idea is it stays in stable for essentially two weeks. And all the features that are good, so all the features are going to go out for a patch. We were finished two weeks ahead of time, so that means the stuff that we're working on during those two weeks isn't going to make it till the next patch. So at any rate, just a little re little refresher there, and everything that gets done for stable towards the end. The last one or two days before we patch, we go to stage, and that's the fun we're testing the final build. And if that final build makes it through, we go live. If we have to patch it, worst case we do, but before we go live, so. Before, like just today, we tested stable and we actually went to stage. 
Our internal development team was able to get that build at about one this afternoon, the final stage, and spent the next four hours confirming that stage. And I haven't seen the official confirm, confirmation yet, but essentially confirm that that build is going out tomorrow. In the past with, with IGP in Montreal, there's a three hour time difference. So by the time the build was up, you'd have QA potentially getting off work in Montreal. And so they wouldn't get that build until the following morning. <clears throat> and boy, if there's ever, if there's any kind of a problem that happens with that stage build, we don't get in until nine the next morning. It's noon there already. Everyone's scrambling to kind of make that time difference work. So that's a very small example of increased efficiency. Marketing, I think, is another one that helps a lot. You can, you've seen that with the, the August events. Uh, we had a meeting today, and essentially today in that meeting, we decided what this weekend's sale was going to be, what this weekend's event was going to be, and a number of other things all in the course of one meeting. Whereas before, boy, oh boy, that was, that was tough. That was one of our biggest frustrations. It was just, it was just really difficult. And I'm sure it was really difficult for IGP too, because they had to contact us and see if we liked their ideas and we weren't in the same meetings. It was just, that was tough. So I think those, that's kind of examples of just how the live operations of things gets a lot more effective. But let me get into more how there could be some, some improvements on 2014 productivity moving forward. I still think there is some room for more productivity than even we've seen so far in 2014 when it comes to real features. Because essentially now I really am running MechWarrior online, whereas before, and you know, with the help of my partner, Brian, but I would meet with the team and discuss the feature set, but there was always, you know, at least some level of opinion, you know, coming from IGP saying, oh, you know, we don't necessarily agree that that's important, you know, that uh, you know, that's important to our community right now. We should be working on this, that or the other. And oftentimes that just leads to inefficiencies. So now we definitely live or, buy by our, live or die by our own decisions. We say, we think the customers in the community wants this. This is what's important. We're working on it. All those same decisions happen in the same meeting and we're very focused on creating those features. So, um, Obviously, Community Warfare Module 2 Plus is the, the uh, in, in even unit creation it was a, pretty much a part of that process on our own. Um, that came together very quickly within a you know a month of work and, and a few weeks of test. So um, long answer again, but I think it was worth it. Uh, I think that uh, I think again our, our baseline is looking at 2014 and accepting that that was a a pretty significant improvement over 2013 and acceptable pacing. And, and then I'm now telling you that, you know, I think we can do a little better um, on all fronts now than we've done, you know, at the first nine months of 2014. So if that, if that sounds good to you, then great. You're happy. Um, if it's, uh, you know, if you feel like there should be 10 times the pacing, then, yeah, well, that's just not realistic for a team of 35 when some of those, a good half of those people were content creating, you know, they're not actually creating features, but they're creating mechs and the things that, you know, the content that you want to see. So I think our pacing for a development team of that size um, is real close. You know, I think we can still increase our efficiency for the rest of 2014 and moving forward, but, um, you know, we're close to being happy with that. So I hope that'll give some, you know, some more perspective on, on that. 
Okay, Russ, uh, to sort of lump in, I'm getting a lot of questions here that I can basically see are stemming from uh, from one sort of concern. And that concern is a lot of people out there are wondering, hey, you know, you guys are announcing another project, right? Um, you guys aren't even done with Community Warfare, uh, right? But there's still a lot of polishing that can be done, let alone some of the core features that you guys have promised, uh, you know, from back in the day and even, you know, since September of last year, Community Warfare-wise. So there's a lot of angst and concern of, hey, you guys just announced this new project. You know, when are these other features and is that going to affect the development process of MWO? That's really the heart of it is the fact of, hey, you know, you promised all these things, we, you know, we want these things. And from a fan standpoint, we expect those to be worked on and done before you guys were to move on to another project. I mean, would you like to comment just sort of on that, that uh, you know, decision? Yeah, of course. That's a good question. And I understand the question from the player's perspective. Um, a simple statement to start that off might be is that there's very few things in business less efficient than um, a one-game studio in game development. A one-game studio is extremely inefficient. I'm sure if that one product is League of Legends or World of Tanks or some massive success, it's not a problem. If you're a more modest-sized game, it's extremely expensive to run all the overhead and infrastructure of a company like Piranha Games, office space and internet and rent and um, you know HR and every aspect that it takes to run a studio with one project. In fact, this is the longest we've ever been on one project only ever in over our 15 years by a long shot. We've been a one project studio now for over three years. That's significant. That's a significant commitment and investment by us saying we're betting the whole company on this one game. It was just time for us to improve those efficiencies overall and economies of scale. But I think this is now a good opportunity for me to kind of bring something else up, which I'd like to present to you know all the listenership for your um, judgment and, and see if I can um, change your thinking on something a little bit. I know we've got a lot of players out there, and this has got to be one of the most passionate fan bases in the world. It just is. I don't care what anyone says. It just has to be, right? I mean, people that like MechWarrior, they like it a lot. I mean, they, they all have strong opinions about what it should be. But I think we also have to accept the baseline understanding um, if we're going to have any kind of an understanding moving forward, you know, together, um, you know, between Piranha and its community. And what I mean by that is I'm here to accept, you know, where mistakes have been made and, and own the fact that community warfare isn't in your hands yet. And that's, that's an unfulfilled delivery promise on that fourth pillar of the original game. But I also see significant um, comments, um, significant comments from our, you know, our players that I think Paul just distracted me in chat. Don't do that, Paul. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I, I think if if we just had an understanding from our uh, from our players, if we look at the original pillars, 
And I think we have, if I'm honest with you about community warfare and saying, hey, we haven't delivered that yet, I think we, we, we have to look at the entire four pillars and and take a look at them and see what the process is. Because I've seen a significant, well, not significant, but there's definitely, there's a few players. And I see comments like, you know, hey, you haven't delivered anything in two years. And I think, okay, I don't even know what to say to that. Because, um, you know, I've seen, I, I went down a, earlier I was doing kind of a, a rundown here with uh, some of the guys. And, um, you know, this is just in 2014, which is like, there's some greater visual customizations for a lot of the mechs, a lot of hitbox fixes. I'm just going to go on this list we came up with. Basically looking at patch notes for the game. Uh, map collision fixes, UI 2.0. Um, we had the turrets and assault game. Tier 1 weapon modules. Um, we did some jump jet tuning, DirectX 11 support. Achievements were added. Um, whole state rewind um, improvements and fixes, of course, with SRM. Uh, the new matchmaker went in, which is... A significant improvement. I mean, you know, I know we could, we're going to talk about Elo and some of you know the players' concerns in a bit. But basically, you know, from the solo queue perspective, and now the fact that we can have group supports of two through twelve, private matches. Uh, we got the new consumable screen, track IR support, clans were added. Uh, we did the whole targeting computers, command consoles, um, consumable auto refills, unit creation module. Um, it's a huge amount of work, but I want. Now, I talked about that a minute ago in the pacing of 2014, but let's look at those original pillars. We really have to be just honest and, and not admitting, uh, we have to, even if admitting what we've completed to this point in time is not some admission by the community that says, hey, yeah, you're right, you're done. You don't have to work anymore. That's not what we're asking for. I mean, we've often said this game is never going to be complete, right? There is no final product. It, we work on this game as long as we possibly can. But if we look at the original pillars, there's mech warfare. And sure, um, there's probably tons of people out there who say, boy, you really could do this, that, or the other. But looking at the definition and description of what we said of mech warfare is, we have significant and very cool and very fun mech combat. I don't think there'd be anyone that would say, look, you haven't fulfilled that, that pillar of mech combat. We look at information warfare the original design that we pitched to the publishers back before we even started mechware online and that was carried over into mechware online was saying hey guys this isn't going to be like the mechware games of the past where you just press r or t or whatever the target button was at the time get the big red reticle and essentially it doesn't matter how many buildings or hills that mech ran behind that red box just stays there and you have them targeted forever no you're going to have to be you know, get line of sight or get your teammates to pass that target information to you or use UAV drones and all those other aspects of things. Sure, there's a lot further we could go with it, but we have delivered that information warfare warfare pillar as originally described. Um, the other one would be, of course, role warfare. Um, again, as originally pitched to those people and as we pitched to everybody, it says we are not going to have an arms race game. We're not going to make a game where essentially nobody uses lights they have it's you only get a light until you get enough money to get a this one and then you get that one then you get that one and then pretty soon the end game is every single player is out there and the exact same jump capable assault mech so yes there's more work we can do indefinite amount of work there's no end in sight to how much work we can do but the original vision of what that pillar was has been delivered Community warfare, if we focus on that now, it's not done yet. It hasn't been delivered. It's the missing piece. We have unit creation in. 
and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later, we're now just a few short months away from delivering that final pillar to everybody, which is the planetary conquest. So I think if we look at it in that light and say, I, I can't really work with, hey, you guys haven't done anything in two years. Not with you know what I list off or what we've done just in 2014. And if you look at the initial post and the initial vision of the four pillars, we're just a few short months away from delivering that final pillar. And I think a lot of people maybe have fear and if, if they admit, say, okay, that's fair, Russ. I think you're right. That's true. They almost, I think they feel like, uh-oh, that means that they're done. You know, in a few short months from now, they're finished and not going to work on it anymore. That's not the case. And it's not to say the four pillars are finished and we're never going to work on them again. As I said a minute ago, those four pillars are things that will be worked on indefinitely. They'll be improved indefinitely. So... I just think um, I wanted to throw that out there, and um, we were applying to that to the question. Um, now you need to bring me back on track there, Phil. We were talking about uh, um, just well, the just future. Basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when when looking at uh, the decision to start, you know, uh, Project Two, right? Thank and you. you've answered that, and then <laughs> looking at, you know, MWO as far as the development process isn't done. A lot of people would say, hey, you know slow slow it up like hey you need to explain yourself uh like we get you know you want to expand as a company right right so let me, but let as me... a fan yes yeah, so, sorry thanks phil thanks for bringing me back on track i just um i remember the question now so that's that's where i went with that so basically yes we went a significant amount of time without starting another project and we waited as long as we could and i think we thought we'd have another project going probably at least a year sooner you know but we didn't we waited we wanted to get there and ideally we wanted to get all the way um ideally we could have waited even just another quarter you know to the beginning of 2015 but timing just wasn't right timing wasn't going to wait for us um and so you know i just i wanted to also just throw that out there about the four pillars and say look we're just a few short months away from delivering on that final pillar and then great then we can continue to work on, you know, those four pillars indefinitely. And, you know, we need to talk about what what's 2015 and onward looking like for Mecha Online. What's the big thing after Community Warfare? Again, assuming the four pillars are always in a constant evolving and growing and getting better, what's the next big feature beyond that? And we're just, we're talking about, you know, Quarter one of 2015, we're talking about just early in the next year, we'll be in a position to think about that and start working on that. So just knowing that, again, reiterates the point that, hey, guys, you know, let's do a, a reset on this whole four pillar thinking and, and realize that, yeah, you know, we are just a few short months from delivering the final one. And then away we go. It's hard for me to stop talking about that subject. I was in very, you no, know, it's okay. Actually, very that... passionate about it and just like. I wanted to really get that out there because I think it's fair. You know, I think if we're if we're being fair here, I think I think that's a fair comment too. Absolutely, and that actually leads right into the next question, which uh, Mengfu Sensei asks. It's been stated that PGI has six years left on the license to MechWarrior. Do you have any content planned to fill up those six years and hopefully beyond, or are you still playing it all by ear once uh, Community Warfare is out? Repeat the question, please. Sure. Uh, Meng Fu Sensei says, It's been stated that PGI has six years left on the license for MechWarrior. 
Uh, do you have content planned to fill up those six years and hopefully beyond, or are you just playing it by ear after Community Warfare is out? Yeah, great question. Um, no, we don't. We don't have you know content planned for all of it. You know, not by a long shot. We're so focused on just trying to complete those four pillars and get Community Warfare out there. So that's been consuming us all year long. Um, working towards that, and at least finally we're working on that final element. And I definitely remind you to talk about Community Warfare Module 2. we got to do that tonight, give you a few more details on that. Um, so uh, with that in mind, though, yeah, what's after this? I mean, there's one giant elephant in the room beyond Community Warfare that I think everyone's thinking of. And who wants to be the first one to say it? I mean, somebody. Are you talking about clients? I'm looking balance? for chat. No, come on, you failed me. <laughs> no, of course that's a that's a topic, but um, I, I just to me, I think um, I think we need to take a real serious look at single player or what does that mean for MechWarrior Online? You know, is it significant PVE features or is it full-blown single-player so i think there's no doubt we've got to start thinking about that after 2015 and mech online will always be the multiplayer component moving forward you know it'll be the core multiplayer component for mech warrior for the next number of years and just will get better and better but we've got to think about how long it's been since the last proper single-player content in the MechWarrior universe. And we've got all these mechs, all this content. Um, I'm going to want to start gathering feedback and opinions from our players on this. Um, do they see it as full-blown single-player, or do they see it as significant player versus environment features built into MechWarrior Online, you know, in a way that they're playing in a co-op sense? Is that more interesting to them? But it definitely comes down to, you know, player versus environment whether that's single player or or not um that would to me i think is is the significant question that we need to ask ourselves coming into 2015 and if the player base still says no let's take another six months of 2015 to do nothing but focus on the four pillars and all the polish that we need um for those four pillars um, I can think of lots like significant collision, which if you want to bring up later, we can talk about mech collision and where we're at with that. Um, there's obviously a number of things that still be on the list of saying, okay, let's let's do these things for six months and then we'll talk about single player. But I guess I guess I just wanted to throw that out there for the for the community too to say, you can look at the fact that P2 is being announced and there might be opportunities for players to become involved and commit, you know, their their vote through, you know, their wallet to say, hey, you know, I want to help this second game grow, and that's great. Look forward to your, to your vote on that project. But um, I think I just wanted everyone to know that there definitely will be opportunities for you to, you know, continue to craft the future of MechWarrior. Um, so I guess that answers the question. That's as far as I can really go with that question. Um, I think after you know community warfare is out, it's we've got some some big holes still. You know mech collisions and, and a number of things that we 
we need to get our attention turned to to continue to improve and polish so there's that and then there's you know the concept of pve single player that needs to be discussed but that's it you know um i i know okay. that the players want more they want some say and i think oftentimes there's been a little bit of frustration people feeling like they haven't been listened to i think you know, oftentimes we, we, we try to understand that sentiment because we really do feel like we're listening all the time and trying to react to everything, but we just can't please everybody. So there's always some group that feels like we don't listen to them, but we've tried. And I think um, as we uh, as we move forward to 2015, I think there will be, because we've completed the fourth pillar, at that point, there will be significant more opportunity for us to listen and say, okay, they want they want this, they want that. Um, and, and, and we won't feel like, well, shit, we really can't give them that because we haven't finished Community Warfare yet. That will be behind, be behind us. So uh, we will be able to react more to your your vote as to what, what that content should be. All right, so we have two questions that sort of follow along with what you we were just talking about. We've got uh, SJR Gut and uh, Cavell, and basically they, they sort of hinder on the community warfare and the aspect of are we going to see speeding up of actual development on community warfare now that IGP is out of the picture? And because of IG, IGP is out of the picture and you are hiring more staff for Project 2, are you also bringing on more staff for MWO as far as engineers to be able to speed up the process? Well... No, I think it's, you know, it's consistency here that MechCore 9 is, at this very moment, I'd answer that question to say it's status quo for MechCore Online. You know, the MechCore Online team is what it is, and it's achieved a symbiont of a relationship with its community and the revenues from that community on a month-to-month basis, and and we're committed to, you know, keeping that in place. So, that just drives home the point that the two projects don't feed off each other, rob from each other from a revenue standpoint. They they run themselves based on, you know, the the viability of their game. So the team size for Micro Online is is directly related to the viability of, of the product. And right now that's a very nice, healthy team size. That's determined by our customers, and it is what it is right now, currently. So, if it was to grow, um, you know, per- perhaps there's that potential um, as we get closer and closer here to um, planetary combat coming back, and us trying to re-engage all of our all of our players, everyone that's ever signed up for Mechro Online in the past three years, and let them all know through marketing and through you know email blasts that says, hey, it's here now. Sorry it took so long. Come play. And um, growing our team, growing our uh, community and player base and potentially revenue base. And that means um, we can grow the team. We're committed to, we're not going in. One thing, I've seen this a few times, and this is maybe a way to finish off that answer, is we're not going into maintenance mode. You know, we're not going into like, okay, from here on out, we just uh, pump out a map and a mech and, you know, that's it. Or committed to creating features to the extent of the viability of the product indefinitely. Okay, I All think right. where those those questions stem is uh, just from the point that you know you guys are doing another project. They may be separate financially behind the scenes, but from a fan's perspective, of that means you're financially uh, you know aware that you can support those or you should be able to support. And if MWO is sort of your money maker right now, 
that uh, you know developing time and resources, i.e., more developers into that and or engineers, you know, ultimately means better product for us, you know, the you know players, and then that means more money for you in the end. And that's where that that sort of questions stem from. Uh, we'll move on to this. These are a couple questions that I'll combine as one. It's kind of business practices, etc. Uh, MW Aiden asks, so why not switch MWO over to a monthly subscription rather than free to play? And I'll combine that with uh, Tezcatli uh, asks, now that you have full control of the game's every aspect, will we be seeing MWO on Steam? So um, monthly subscription and or Steam. Uh, well, monthly subscriptions, I don't... I doubt there's very many people that feel that way. I mean, that could be corrected, but right now um, we have the ability to... You have the ability to put a you know a premium account on in your game, in the game. And right now we already are far and away more lenient than in other products are when it comes to what's required for having a premium account. You know, in other competitive games, you can't even create a group of three unless you have a premium account. Um, and you have to have a premium account to do a number of other things. In our game right now, there's really nothing required except for the premium options on private matches. Um, so, and But even still, of course, there's a lot of comments as to, hey, why do we have to have a premium account for essentially anything? So I don't know if that's... Um, you know, uh, a question that a lot of people want answered or not. Um, I guess I've never really, I think beyond that answer, we've seen in the industry that people just don't want that. Um, the, the latest MMOs to come out just have not done very well that have been traditional uh, monthly subscriptions. Um, most of them have made the switch. There's maybe a few hanging on to the old model, but essentially people would view us as kind of going back into um, the dark ages a little bit so and i think our customers have kind of voted that way too and it says um there's a lot of expectations and um you know i don't know i think uh hey do you guys want to start a poll and convince me otherwise but uh (laughs) what about uh steam um i think we're going to definitely consider steam very seriously um it's one of those things we've steered clear of it for a very simple reason that one, our core community knows about MechWarrior, knows where it is, knows how to play it. You know, we don't necessarily need to discover them, right? Anyone who's a hardcore fan of MechWarrior knows about the game and is here. Now, we don't need to give Steam 30% of our revenue to capture those same people, right? That would be foolish. Since we've captured those people, um, there is something to be said about capturing new players, and that's basically the best way on earth for PC gamers to capture them. Or PC developers is through Steam. Uh, their reach is significant. Um, I think our target for considering that is, again, the completion of Community Warfare Planetary Combat. And perhaps in the, you know, the early in the new year, we will ask ourselves again if now might be the good time because we've captured all of our core players and now they have Planetary Combat. But now might be a good time to launch on Steam, capture you know the many thousands they can bring our way, and we have the content to retain them so that will be the the debate that we'll have again with ourselves here in the next in the next little while hey, we got another question from uh the weentastic uh, this is sort of a generalized i'm sure all developers have this but uh he asked rust people here is very much 
are still very much concerned with the decisions you made in the past and, you know, have lost faith in PGI. Some people move on. Um, how do you intend to regain that faith from the people who've already, you know, spent money on the game? I always find this question extremely difficult to answer. Um, I would ask even if the user still in the chat provides some more information because I do get this every once in a while, whether it's a private message or something. And I think to myself, I think from my perspective here, you know, we feel like you can't find any more passionate people about brand in the world. Um, we work, I don't know how many hours a week. Um, we care deeply where we feel like we're pumping out content, you know, as fast as our team can manage it. And our pacing in 2014 has been very good and is getting better. And, you know, the reception of clans and the technology and everything was excellent. Private matches are great. And, you know, unit creation's good. And I get a question like that and I'm thinking, okay, you got to help me out. Like, what decision? made you lose faith we, we just we got to get specific here otherwise i'm just uh i'm just guessing that you in particular are someone that didn't like ghost heat or you are someone in particular who uh, you know i'm not sure pick something else and that's the thing that says that's it i lose faith i'm out um so i can talk generally about it and say each of those decisions are based on what we feel the majority of our player base is asking for at the time. Um, we feel like we're getting players that say, guys, I am not going to stay here and play anymore if I'm getting hit with six PPCs in one location. I'm not into it. That's not fun. That's not Battletech. This is lame. Um, and so we had to make a decision at some point, and I'm, obviously I'm picking one particular subject here. I'm, I'm talking about ghost heat. <laughs> I can't believe I'm using that term. Uh, <laughs> heat scale, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about heat scale. Um, you know, in that particular case, you know, it's from our perspective and what we felt our players wanted is saying MechWire line is going to be more like tabletop. You know, to me, when you play tabletop, it's much more of a battle of attrition. We can't really simulate most of that because we're not rolling dice. We're not saying, hey, I know you pointed at a CT, but we just decided randomly that you hit the left leg and missed because, you know, you, you had a bad roll. It's not the kind of game it is, right? It's a skill-based game. So we have to simulate lowering that pinpoint damage in, in, in new ways that other games haven't, haven't tried to do. Um, so we make some decisions and we get significant amounts of our player base that say, this is great. Now people are brawling. I'm living longer. And in fact, we've gotten to the point now where I get much more requests for like, what are you going to do to lower the pinpoint damage? Can you put spread ballistics on in his fears autocans as well? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? They want to see it lowered right now. It's kind of more in the 30 ish range. They want to see it lowered. They want to see things added to Hisco. They want to see that type of gameplay perpetuated i see more of that now a lot of requests like that but getting back to the point there are individuals some individuals that have a different opinion of what's fun and maybe it has to do with where they came up in MechWarrior, uh, a particular game perhaps in MechWarrior 4 multiplayer or something that allowed for um significant you know boats uh, of, of different types and for them that's fun and that's what they expected so when the game doesn't go in that direction, it's simply a kind of a generic statement that says, 
I've lost faith, I'm out. And we say, well, that really sucks. We care deeply about that customer, but he wants something that all these people don't want. Um, we've got to pick a side and not everyone's going to be happy. We try to find a place that's a happy, happy medium. So for instance, when people want to remove it, the, you know, the pinpoint damage right down to nothing, we're not going there too. We have a lot of people saying you need to lower it even more. We have a lot of people saying, hey, you should get rid of heat scale and bring it right back. So we try to find a spot. We say, okay, here's a pretty good spot in the middle. We're trying to limit the pinpoint alpha damage to about this, you know, to the current, you know, where the game is currently. And we say, this is a good spot in the middle where if you're an alpha style player, this is, you can still achieve, you know, this much of a pinpoint damage and build your mechs that way. If you want to play the other way, you, you feel like you, maybe you can play that way and still compete and not get totally, you know, get holes punched in your mech the second you turn a corner. So right now, believe it or not, you're seeing what we feel is sort of a balance between the two great opinions of how mech warriors should play. You know, the there is no limit to my alpha and how much my pinpoint damage I can put on your mech. I see you first, I punch a hole in your mech, I win to the complete opposite style of play. We're kind of right in the middle there now, and it's a happy medium. But um, I don't know if that discussion point um, can ever be fully um, solved because it really does come down to opposing opinions of what's fun to a player and depending on what MechWarrior games they've played in the past. So I had to pick one example there that someone might say, I lost faith, etc. And what are you going to do to restore that faith? But that's an example of how difficult it is when I hear that question, because I don't know in particular what it is. And I don't know for sure if I can change the choice we made because there's just as many players or more that say, no, I, you know, I disagree with that. It should be this way. So I'm sorry. I hope you appreciate the difficulty of that question. If you want to give me more details on specifically, I'd be glad to you know touch on that instead. We'll uh, keep our eye out for more details. I'm going to combine two questions uh, regarding map production. Uh, the first one, and I'm sorry, I, I can't find it on the sheet here, so I don't remember who it's from. But it was basically along the lines of now that you've been uh, in development for about three years, do maps still cost 250000 ish or whatever the price was to make, considering that you have, you know, a bunch of established assets or whatever? And then the second one is, um, will this is from Coffee Nail, will you allow community-developed maps? Um, great. Yeah, I'm going to jump back real quick. I thought of something. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I should have concluded that other comment off by saying, well, I want that individual who feels like maybe they've been burned to consider that if it's about features and meeting feature deadlines that you consider uh, you know a reboot of your thinking and giving us a chance if we're admitting our mistakes here and saying in 2014 we've done a pretty darn good job of hitting our deadlines and our the dates we've set for ourselves i think it a couple times in launch models or unit creation and we might have gone a week over the original date that we proposed so when it came down to the date when we finally announced it for UI, private matches, clans, unit creation, and some other aspects, we've hit those dates. And we are still gunning for this late this fall, 
planetary combat, and we're, you know, pulling out all the stops. We're, we're going to do everything we can to hit that. So that is showing a track record of meeting deadlines and doing what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. So um, admitting, you know, our mistakes, especially in 2013, the fact that we haven't delivered planetary combat yet. But I think, you know, again, giving us a benefit of, you know, the past nine months and saying, okay, maybe that's, um, instead of a specific example, that's something that can um, rebuild faith and, uh, you know, should give us another shot based on that. But let me jump ahead to maps. Um, no, they don't. They don't cost that much anymore. They don't cost uh, anywhere near that much. Um, that that number is, uh, you know, an extreme number. That's probably the very, very peak of like the very first urban max, maps we made. Is something you are creating every single asset and developing everything from, you know, how that that, that big map is going to work and. It takes a lot of time, and there's a lot of R&D still in those beginning months, and so not every single one of the original maps cost that much, but, you know, it's an extreme number on the high end, but you know, they were expensive to make. You know, there was at one point a team of, you know, half a dozen or so full-time artists and level designers putting those maps together, um, establishing an art style, and I think, you know, they, they're, they're, I think they're pretty. They look nice. They, they you know, it was, it was worth establishing that pipeline, but... I think a great example of the new and improved pipeline now, um, and it does come with some trade-offs, but let's say industrial city. Well, industrial city has very little in the way of brand new assets, right? It's pretty much some industrial looking assets from other maps and um, just with a few smattering of new objects and in a new train map and you create a map, but it still looks really cool. It looks gorgeous. It looks great. That's the advantage that we have now since we have all that content. So I know there's concerns about map production. Um, that can be frustrating for us too, and I and I will, <laughs> I will throw IGP under the bus for this. Sorry, guys, if you're listening, but we wanted to continue map production, but um, um, we'll get into the business reasons. But we didn't have support from IGP on that over the past six months. We pretty much were forced to put those resources into making sure we deliver the clan mechs on time. So when we did switch back to it, though, the good news is when we switched back, we knew we had to do it differently. We had to do it much more efficiently. So the industrial city map was pretty much, uh, we have one level designer full time on that with some support from our art director and perhaps one other artist here and there. It's definitely no more than two full time bodies at the most, maybe a little less than that. So um, it's a, uh, significantly less you know it's tough for me to make a guess but maybe maybe as low as 40 a little less um still good money but uh obviously that's a massive improvement and it's the trade-off is we have to stay within you know the asset types we have right um if you're going to create a brand new map of something you've never done before you know the pyramid setting with you know, ancient ruins or something. Those are just assets we don't have, so that would go back into a much more expensive mode. But as long as we utilize the sets we have, we can do them at a much more uh, better price point and and even quicker. So the industrial city map was probably only about two months all in. You touch more than that when we get into the testing mode and whatnot. That's um, set to come out September 23rd. It's going into stable branch tomorrow, uh, or tomorrow Wednesday, and um, 
pulling out all the stops to make sure that gets into your hands the patch after the one that comes out tomorrow and the guys are already working on swamp now swamp kind of re represents the last of a new asset set but it was kind of already half done so it's a little more work than industrial city but we had a lot of it done so we want to get it finished and then then those maps are done and then we look at the future and we say okay for future maps and whether that's community created or communicated or created by us it's going to have to exist within those sets so we've got obviously a forest set we've got an alpine set we've got city environments everything you see in the in the city maps um we've got the coptic and teratherma and termaline um the frozen cities so we can come up with combinations of that we can say okay let's do a forest colony meets alpine valley setting very interesting it would look really cool so i think we're in pretty good shape i don't think we're going to be feeling the pressure of like oh damn we need more brand new texture sets at least not for a while there's a significant number of maps we could work on doing that so a little more on the community side i said this in a vlog i'll say it again i want to finish industrial city basically there i'm going to finish the swamp map and then when I get Community Warfare out, and Community Warfare has a new map with a new game mode in it. Um, that's, I'm sure you guys are glad to hear that. It's a very specific to Community Warfare, Attack Defend, um, game mode. And there's going to be a little bit of map work done there. So I view it lining up with the completion of Community Warfare and Planetary Conquest. And after that point, perhaps in the very new, early new year, we can think about um, community created, but I guess I want to set expectations here. It still is a closed environment, the game, meaning, you know, it's, it's hosted in our data center. So any system we come up with, it's not just going to be the Wild West, you know, where it's like everyone's running a server with their own maps. It's, we're going to have to come up with a process that is maybe a drawing competition, uh, come up with a design for a map or two um, to, to guide us and potentially um, let some people work on stuff up there, but that um, we haven't figured it out yet. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to try and figure that out because obviously it's got to meet the quality criteria we've set out for our game. It's got to fit within the game. It's got to look like it belongs and it was created by the same people and is at the same quality level. So I know there's some talented guys out there. I know there's guys out there among you that can do that if you're given the assets. I don't really doubt that. It's a matter of trying to figure it out though. So. Um, there you go. That's I think that answers the question. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of uh, blaming IGP, which of course we're not here to do, but uh, somebody there's been several questions along these lines, so I'm going to kind of just condense it into one question, which is how much did IGP influence the push on? You you mentioned a little bit of it, so maybe you can expand uh, the push for getting the clan mix out uh, when they were released, and did that affect the uh, development of community warfare at all? Well, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's no doubt that it affected the development of community warfare. Um, but that's that's an interesting question. It's not something that I can lay at IGP's feet, really. Um, we were receiving a pretty significant amount of pressure to see the Clan Max released. Um, people want them. They love them. And not to mention the fact that, you know, kind of sitting around and asking ourselves what the hell is community work for going to be if not about Intersphere versus clans so yeah we could I guess 
make it about the five factions, but we'd already set a timeline for ourselves at 3050. So we could roll that timeline back and make it just about inner sphere. But I think you see the conundrum we're in. And so even though it's a really tough decision, it's like, okay, we've got to get, we've got to get clan mechs out for community warfare because what people want to see and what our goal was right from the get-go is be the first game to truly simulate the clan invasion and i don't mean you know all clan mechs shooting each other all the time or in his fear mechs just using clan weapons so they're kind of the same thing fighting them i mean truly solve the problem truly create an environment where the clans are invading and the inner sphere is defending and it's simulating the storyline it, it's a tough fight and i'm sure we can you know this talk might need to go on past eight there's so many subjects i keep saying bring this up later but um you know we can talk about clan inner sphere balance at some point here and you know how that plays into what we want to achieve we want to achieve that combat so i don't know that i can I really looked IGP at that one, really joint decision. Um, maybe we had different motivations for why the clan should come out, but certainly we had motivations there too, saying, okay, we we really need the clans. We want we need to get clans out so that we can have community warfare, so that it can be Intersphere versus clans. Otherwise, if we would have released community warfare, planetary combat, uh, I think we would have immediately just been under heat to like, what the hell is this? Where's the clan mix? So, you know, um, it's a question. Was, it was a catch-22 there, really. Something to go along that lines, Russ. I mean, okay, you, you, IGP and PGI both had a, reasons for wanting the clan max. Would you, you know, looking back, would you have said, hey, we're not actually going to introduce the clans until closer to Community Warfare is done? Like, would you have taken the time and would the clans came out when they did or would you have waited? No, I can't. I cannot bring myself to regret releasing the clans. I think they're great. I think they're awesome. I think they're beautiful. I think they're super fun. And you guys have seen how much work they are. I mean, let's, when I list off that little 2014 list, please don't look at the clans as like, well, it's just content. It's just mechs. They really aren't. You know, maybe Phoenix mechs were just content and just mechs, but the clan mechs were massive amounts of work. I mean, we basically doubled up on inventory, weapon types, Balancing efforts. We changed how the HUD looks, how it sounds, how it feels, how we model the cockpits. Um, we couldn't just put when the models were done. We couldn't just put them in the game. You know, we had to create a significant amount of code in the gameplay side and everywhere. The Omnipod system in the mech lab. I mean, there's just a ton of work. There are massive amounts of work, and we're not even done yet. You know, I think we need, you know, the next few weeks, the next couple months to continue to fine-tune the relationship that the clan mechs have in our game with Intersphere mechs so that when Community Warfare is released, it works, right? Um, so I think waiting till we were closer wouldn't have been a good decision. It would have um, it would have meant that the we weren't ready for the Intersphere versus clans battle. Uh, the, the clans were just that much work and that much work to bounce. So, no, I think... Um, I think it's unfortunate, there's some unfortunate hindsight there, but it wouldn't be like, do I wish I'd changed my plans around when the clan max were released. Um, I would probably, if I was to say anything about that, um, I probably would have started to work on clan max sooner. 
but it's hard to think back and say 2013 no doubt we talked we don't need to rehash that again um there's things i would have done instead of the things we did you know there was time in 2013 to focus on something like clans and therefore maybe be six months ahead of the game so that by the middle of 2014 you know planetary combat is released instead of the end of 2014 so it's a tough game to play hindsight but um i wouldn't quite answer your question like i um i re- you know we should have done it later or waited um probably just should have done something probably should have worked on that technology sooner in, in 2013 instead of some of the other things that were that were worked on that sounds good okay uh phil is queuing up the next question but before we get to that uh first of all i want to say we got about a thousand people here thank you all for showing up tonight we totally appreciate it this is a town hall meeting with russ bullock president of uh, piranha games now for those of you that showed up late and missed some of the earlier questions this will be highlighted on twitch it'll be uploaded to youtube and it'll also be uh posted as a podcast so there'll be a lot of ways for you to catch up on what was missed and uh russ since this does look like it's going to go to eight and pretty much for sure beyond if you're willing to stick around would you like to take like a quick five minute break or anything or do you want to just keep going what do you want to do at this point let's hit till 7 30 and then do a quick one quick all right phil take it away so the next question is actually something that I feel is really important, and this is asked by Peter2000, and he says, uh, you know, you mentioned player retention uh, earlier, and you mentioned that uh, new player uh, experience this game is very difficult to get into. Um, what are, or do you have any plans to change that new player experience, considering um, the, the difficult, you know, coming in, difficulty coming in, as well as... Uh, the business and pricing model. Obviously, it is free to play. How are we going to help the new players come in here? And then what? You know, what are you guys going to be doing to, to help them stay here and continue, basically, being fans and players, but also, you know, uh, customers for you guys? Well, that's that is the great question. Um, basically, it's really simple answer though. We've had a design, you know, even back in the IGP days from the, some of their guys too. We call it Fatui, F-T-U-E, first-time user experience. So, you know, we've done some things over the, we've, you know, changed the landing page. We've, you know, put up a, popped up a window. If you did a fresh install recently with a new account, it'll ask if you want to play the tutorial upon the first time. Um, uh, you know, other things that were developed and created specifically for new players. And we have we had this document called first time user experience was a significant amount of work in the front end to whether it was through it basically it's 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 tying the cadet bonus in with the achievement system in a very fluid way um some of that's in place as you see if you're going through the cadet bonus for the first time but it's just taking that like 10 steps further to like hand holding new players through the ui and rewarding them and okay you completed this many matches here's a mech and you know all sorts of stuff and it's that's a that's a tough problem to solve because it takes significant time to do and every time you turn your attention to it your core fan base is being neglected um but you're not necessarily you know generating specific revenue that you can apply to that without deflecting from core features so that's always a challenging battle and that essentially sums up 2013 which we've already talked about um I think the, the 
the shorter answer is then that we just don't have time right now to spend in that first time user experience in the front end because those resources are spoken for throughout the end of the year. And those resources, what you want them to work on, community warfare, planetary combat. There's going to be some new screens and new UI work in the front end to support that. And any spare cycles I get between here and the new year are going to be on further you know, a couple months ago, you guys saw some pretty nice, significant improvements to UI 2.0, a lot of cleaning up, a lot of filter problems fixed up, just a lot of crappy little things fixed up. There's still, you know, a huge list of those things. If I have some spare cycles, I want them to get to work on, not the least of which is, of course, a Smurfy style, um, you know, uh, interactive, you know, interactive of the, the overview, uh, mech overview details window. That's important to people. There's a bunch of stuff like that. The store needs significant work. I mean, that's a big way for us to make revenue and the store sucks. I mean, by example, you know, someone was buying a mech the other day internally and they went to the store and they said, what are you doing? You don't go to the store to buy a mech. You know, you go to mech lab and, you know, use the purchasable tab and then you can filter that way and it's easier to find it. So there's a lot of work left there. And so the end of the year, between here and the end of the year is UI 2.0, or sorry, first off community warfare and UI 2.0. And those resources are going to be tapped out on that stuff, delivering those things to our core customers, you guys. Only then, really, the first of the new year, will I be able to turn any attention back to like, okay, now that we've delivered those features, we can work on some of this first-time user experience stuff. So that's how we've designated those resources. Um, And I guess as it comes to a pricing model, look, we're talking about this internally quite frequently. Um, we know there's some feedback say, hey, it's expensive. You guys should look at this. It's a tough conversation, but there's there's one game, um, and uh, yeah, you guys can you know provide your feedback to these comments. But if there's one game that we are always being compared to, we do it to ourselves. Other people do it to us. Everyone does it to us, and that's World of Tanks. Um, they're a very successful game. Obviously, huge game, right? Very, very easy. Well, easier to grasp. I remember when I first grasped it, it still seemed a little convoluted. But once you get a hold of it, you know, you got one gun, etc. It's, it's, you know, it's simpler to grasp. And they're very successful. And they do a lot of stuff very well. We can definitely look up to them and say, look what they did. We should look at that. That's that's fair. And I look at their pricing model, and there's no doubt we took a lot of inspiration from them as someone we looked up to. I look at them and I see, okay, a garage slot. You know, 300 gold, 300 MC. First off, you get the same amount of gold per, you know, for price point that you do in Mech Warrior, and you know that that is priced the same. Um, premium accounts are priced the same. Uh, I look at their tanks, and you know their Tier 8 premium tanks are 50 US dollars, and our most expensive, you know, 100 ton Hero Mechs are 30 dollars. So I say, well, you know, that's even less than their Tier 8 tanks. But for the most part, across the board, I say, look, we're priced the same or in a few instances, a little cheaper. And then on top of that, we're much more, I know <laughs> some people, you, you do a lot of grinding, but at the same time, we're, we give, we're much more, um, I'm not trying to say you're uh, gracious with the C-bills or the in-game currency. You don't lose money on Mechor Online ever, no matter what. You get at least, what, 20, 30,000 on the worst round you can possibly imagine. No losses at all. Uh, so there's lots of C-bills coming in. And we don't require premium accounts for near as much as they do. And if you try to, if anyone here's, you know, tried to grind out a tier 9 to tier 10 tank, they'll know that um, if you don't have a tier 8 premium or, you know, premium account in particular, it's just like, 
way tougher than the experience in MechRun 9. So if I look for examples and our closest examples out there in the industry, um, I think it compares very well. And for a smaller, more moderate sized game like us, um, it's a constant debate of like, well, you know, we have this core player base and we're kind of the same as these other games. If we lower it, doesn't mean, you know, likely means that our revenue goes down. Um, that's a tough question, but I just want you to consider, I guess, those thoughts as, as I compare it to that particular game. And, um, you know, I'd like to make, you know, the barrier to entry less uh, for sure. Um, although, again, in certain areas, you can buy 20, 25, 30 ton mechs for, you know, just a couple bucks, just a few bucks. And those aren't the mechs maybe that you want to earn towards, but... I guess I'm looking, I'd like to see some more examples. Maybe you guys can, you know, let those Nico know or something of like, hey, here's a solid example of, you know, your prices compared to, you know, this game's prices and why, you know, it's, you know, you're too high rather than just looking only at our game and saying, you know, they're too high, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I know it's a, it's a sensitive subject to everybody. Um, you guys have hard-earned dollars and... You know, we're trying to do the best we can with, um, you know, spending your dollars on the development team and development of the game. And again, all that revenue goes into the game. Um, there's no, you know, giant dividends and new bolts happening over here. You know, it's um, funding, funding staff, funding employees, and uh, fun <clears throat> all going towards the growth of the product. So, um, hope I answered that question well enough. Um, there's no shining like sure no problem we'll change all that tomorrow but that's a little more explanation as to kind of how we ended up where we are and why we think it's it's based on some logic cool thank you russ for answering that question we are going to take a quick uh five minute break guys phil will take us out but first real quick i do want to let everybody know we're getting a ton of repeat questions so if your question is not answered that's more than likely the reason why um so as i said before there'll be several mediums where this uh town hall meeting will be posted twitch youtube uh, podcast etc so if you missed the questions that you're asking you'll be able to go back and hear them but uh phil take it away for a break all right guys we're gonna be taking a five minute break go ahead fill up your drinks grab a beer whatever you're doing coffee and of course we'll be right back and uh yeah we'll continue on again we got six pages of questions here and i think we're on page like three right now so again if you've asked it um it's probably on there or if not Again, we'll we'll make sure your uh, question gets answered. So, all right, guys, we'll be right back in five minutes. And that concludes part one of the town hall meeting with Russ Bullock. Please stay tuned for part two. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, and on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy.